Welcome to Skip the Queue, a podcast for people working in or working with visitor attractions. I'm your host, Kelly Molson. Each episode, I speak with industry experts from the attractions world. In today's episode, I speak with Jacob Thompson, Business Development Manager at Attractions IO. We discuss exactly why your attraction needs an app and the incredible positives of going digital from an environmental perspective. If you like what you hear, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and all the usual channels by searching Skip the Queue. Jacob, thank you for coming on the Skip the Queue podcast this morning. It's lovely to have you. Thanks for having me. Uh, listened to it for a long time, so it's an absolute pleasure to uh, to finally be on it as well. Oh, I love that. I love it when guests come on and they already love the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll be kinder to you with the icebreaker questions because of that, or maybe not. Please do. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get cracking. I want to know what your favourite movie quote is. We're going to need a bigger boat. I think it's uh, it's got to be, hasn't it? Iconic, um, and and I find myself using that that expression. A lot, especially with uh, yeah, with how busy things are <laughs> currently. Um, I think it, it kind of translates very well. Love it. Yeah, that is a perfect one for uh, how we're all feeling right now. Jacob and I had a Absolutely. little conversation just before we started recording about uh, how busy we all are right now. Um, there seems to be an influx of very positive new leads and inquiries, which is wonderful, um, but also... Ah! <laughs> I think that's probably sums up how we're feeling, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, if you could get rid of one food so nobody ever had to eat this food ever again, what would it be? What would you destroy? Oh, uh, Stilton. Oh, um, oh, is that is that is that going to be an unpopular? Opinion? Can I use that as my unpopular opinion? <laughs> it's just uh, when you have a cheese platter, um, the, the smell just ruins it for me, and I think just get rid of it. There's plenty of other cheeses to choose from. So uh, that can I use that as my unpopular opinion as well? No, maybe? you can't. <laughs> <laughs> we were getting on so well up until that point as I'm well. Sorry, I'm like sorry. I'm sorry. To be honest. <laughs> wow. Okay. This might not go as well. All right. <laughs> okay. Tell me something that you are not very good at. Oh, there's there's a lot of things. Um, I think maybe this is a little bit deep, but um, I think reflecting on previous achievements uh, I think I often get so focused on what needs to be done that actually I forget all all of the things that I have done already and I think yeah maybe that's a bit deep and philosophical for, for what you're looking for but that's uh, yeah that's what I go with that's a really good one because I think that that is a, a good reminder that we all need to celebrate the small wins don't we we really need to take time out and I think that's that's quite a common challenge with a lot of us I I get I I am exactly the same as you I'm always focused on what's next what's next what's next and then don't sit back and go oh actually we did a really good job there definitely pat ourselves on the back a little bit need to do it a little bit more definitely all right your unpopular opinion, not about cheese. Oh, so I've probably already alienated uh, half of the listeners already, <laughs> probably more than half. But um, oh, yeah, what what uh, what could I give you that's not too controversial? I think, firstly, I fully get behind the England team and really get into it when it comes to the World Cup and the Euros. But when I put them side by side, I think rugby is the better sport over football. So sorry if I offend anyone there. Okay. All right. No, that's fine. I think um, I think this has come up before as well, actually, that rugby okay. is the far superior sport to football. I'm a massive football fan. Yeah. So I'm going to disagree with you, but I think yeah. there's plenty of people that will agree <laughs> yeah. 
with your unpopular opinion. Let us know. Let us know what you think about that one, listeners. Um, Jacob, tell us a little bit about you and what your role is at Attractions IO. Yeah, so um, I'm the business development manager for Attractions IO. So basically, my role is to speak with um, attractions at an early stage to understand, obviously, what what we can help them with, what they're struggling with at the moment. Um, and I've been doing that for the past uh, two years now. So a, a relative rookie in the industry compared to some of the uh, big hitters that you've had to join you on the podcast. But yeah, it's really just I'm here to, to help attractions, especially not just with, with a mobile app, but just their approach to, to their digital strategy, how they can engage their guests, how they can better communicate them and, and obviously, most importantly, create better guest experiences. And, and that's what I'm here to do. Did you come from an attractions background? Or have you got a slightly different? So I'm still uh, still pretty uh, young. So um, I left school with not really a clear direction on what I wanted to do, but I thought, if I give everything a go, work hard at it and see see what opportunities present um, themselves to me. So um, after leaving school, I, I quickly moved into to the, the tech background um, and working with, uh, with mobile app providers um, for conferences and events. And after a few changes and, uh, and moves, um, I found myself at Attractions.io. And I think, obviously, there was huge imposter syndrome uh, entering the industry because I know that I learned very quickly how kind of tight-knit it is. But I guess I kind of went in with a mindset of if I've been visiting attractions since well, as young as I can remember. So I've got the experience. I know what a good guest, guest experience feels like. Um, and I've just tried to bring that that to the role. But, yeah, so still very very new to the industry but you've got real world experience so that's exactly important and I love that you mentioned um, customer experience there because that's what I really love about attractions io so um for all the content that you produce for the the webinars that that I've watched that um yourself and Mark have, have spoken on is that you are all about improving the customer experience. And I love that because that's exactly what rubber cheese is all about as well. But it's interesting because we come from slightly different ways of looking at that so I guess we're all about that kind of pre-visit experience and making people feel excited about what they're potentially buying and what they're potentially going to see and then you guys take over with the app visitor experience so we're very complimentary I've got loads of questions around what you do today but I think the most important question that I want to know is why does an attraction need an app yeah, so I think there's kind of two two sides to this. Um, I think firstly, and this has been largely because of the pandemic, but but it's it's always changing. Is, is guest expectations? So I think we all know that we spent however long in lockdown, everything turned digital for us. Our whole lives and, and experiences were, were digital, and we got very used to um, being served personalised content, whether that's Netflix giving recommendations, personalised ads, Amazon offering discounts on products we've viewed, things like that. It, it shaped that, that experience and the expectations we now have is that wherever we go, we want that same personalised experience. It makes us feel special. It creates a better experience. And um, I think also there's now more digital natives so people that have grown up with technology than than there has been previously and i think uh, i know for one that, that i'm quite comfortable and happy to to order um 
when I go to McDonald's or, or Weatherspoons um, or wherever I may go, ordering um, through through my phone is much easier. A little easier. insight in there to, to yeah, your, your so, uh, yeah. free time, I, I don't go to, Yeah, don't go to McDonald's uh, <laughs> as much as I used to. So, uh, yeah, no, but I think it's that whole whole expectation. It makes people people's lives easier. And, and I think tying into that is actually solving the problems that, that I guess some um we we knew of um some we we knew of and tried to to hide and some we hadn't even really kind of come across before that that were highlighted during the pandemic so i think that the biggest one was was cues and social distancing cues are are kind of that number one complaint that guests have especially at a theme park you spend more time queuing than you do on rides so suddenly parks and operators needed to look at that and go how do we remove those physical cues because we can't have people standing next to each other for that long um, and that's where things like virtual queuing came in and just adapting to to use technology to, to solve a lot of the problems that already existed and, and unlock new benefits that we didn't have before so being able to have that direct um, channel of communication you mentioned that 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 pre-visit experience you've got so much control around building that excitement understanding who's on your website what they're what they're clicking on what they're engaging with most but then they arrive on site and, and we've we've lost that channel yeah. there and that's that's obviously what we're we're out here to provide I love that yeah and it's really important isn't it because like you say once someone's in you've essentially lost them if they're not yeah. if they're not attached to their app or they're not like engaged with it in some way you're you're giving them it's harder to understand where people are where they're interacting, what their challenges are, what their frustrations are, what their positives are, I guess. So tell me some of the biggest challenges that attractions will bring to you that might shape what their app would look like. Yeah, that, that's a tough one because I think every every attraction is slightly different. And I mean, we, we work with theme parks, zoos, um, resorts, heritage attractions. They've all got their... their um, independent challenges I, I think when I joined the industry so I joined right in the middle of the pandemic so early on maybe uh, just before summer 2020 so right in the middle of it and obviously everyone was panicking going how do we reopen safely and a lot of that was around um, obviously supporting social distancing with things like virtual queues using heat map data of, of, of guest flow to to understand where people are going and making sure that we're spreading people out now we're fingers crossed at, at the tail end of that. I think it's it's still highlighted a lot around the guest experience. So making sure guest flow is is spread out so people aren't queuing for ages, they're not um that they're not having to to wait to get on rides or to see an attraction that they can they can move around freely. Um I think another thing and it, it, it it's um it's started to crop up a lot more is is ungated attractions. So whether that's free to enter attractions um uh, there's some theme parks that we work with where you can go in for free and you just pay per ride a lack of understanding of who's visiting them so um yes, yeah. so they they may get the the odds um bit of information maybe on on uh, pre-purchase of car parking but largely they, they can maybe only understand 10 percent of their their visitor base which we need to unlock as much of that data as possible by having that app there is we can collect email addresses and behavioral data to attach to that, which in turn just, just opens up that, that world of possibility to, to engage guests and understand who they are. But I think the biggest thing now that I've noticed is that people, as we spoke about expectations changing, do understand the importance and need for that, that um, digital presence and, and that, um, 
experience on site. So I think the biggest challenge that's coming to us now is how do we do this right? Because there's so many ways to approach building an app and it's about rethinking, okay, how can we not only benefit the guest and create a really good guest experience, but how can we um, obviously gain those benefits as, as operators so that that data, those insights and, and often rushing into building an app can lead to just an interactive map and, and not much more and not giving much substance. So, um, yeah, I, I, again, from your experience, I don't know for, from the, the pre-visit experience what it's like for you when you get um, operators coming to you because digital is so important now, how they um, yeah, how they approach that and whether they want to jump in and just make sure they've got the basics or uh, it'd be really good to, to, to understand how, how you've approached that as well. Yeah, so I guess it's interesting. So as a, as a web design agency, we often get asked about apps um, and it's always okay, well, we've had this idea and we think that we need an app. And you go, okay, well, let's pull that apart. What what does this app need to do for you? What does it need to deliver for you? And then essentially they will kind of explain something that their website already does. And so we're like, okay, well, you don't need to create an app that's a carbon copy of your website. It has to do something more for the guest. You know, they can go to your website and they can find that information. What is, what's the use of just replicating that in an app? You know, and I think that's the challenge is, is understanding really what the benefit to the client, what the benefit, sorry, to the customer is and what the benefit to them is going to be and not just replicating what they already have because that doesn't make any sense. So that that's what I see as the biggest challenge is do attractions, and they're not just attractions because, you know, we work with a variety of people. Do, do people really understand what that need and what that benefit is going to be by having an app? I think that's that's what we get asked all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one thing that people often, until they start to speak to us, I think the biggest thing is is that education piece around there's no point in doing this kind of just to have an app for, for the sake of it. It's really making sure that it's delivering value. And most people see the app, but then forget that we've not just spent a long time building an app dedicated to, to the attractions industry. We've also got a whole operator experience as well in the background where it's given those data and insights, allowing you to um, use the data you capture to communicate with guests. And, and I think that's that's one thing that the education is so important because what we don't want is, is attractions taking that leap, trying to build an app themselves and, and have not really thought it through. And we really want to make sure that they've got all the information they need to make an informed decision around how is this going to add value to, to the guest experience and also how is it going to make our lives easier, solve our biggest challenges and and obviously bring the benefits of increased revenue, uh, increased NPS. So that there's a whole host. And I think education is just that that big piece that we really have to, to to work with when we speak to attractions. Yeah, definitely. And I think what was really interesting. So I listened to Mark, um, yep. founder of Attractions. I listened to his uh, podcast interview that he did with the great guys at, um, at Attraction Pros, and I really liked how he described the approach to to what you guys do for app development as a holistic approach and this was really interesting because he described it as a lot of the time when attractions want to develop an app it will sit with marketing and it will be very much in the marketing department's you know pile but where he said you know actually this is a this is a whole operational piece that this app could be and it was really interesting to hear you know how this app can have an effect on so many different departments, you know, from operations in terms of customer flow, like you mentioned, 
yes, it is a marketing piece as well. Um, but yes, you can order, you know, your food. So the beverage team need to be involved in in these decisions as well. And I just, I kind of thought, yeah, that, this is so much bigger, isn't it? It's such a, it could be such an integrated piece that could really help so many different departments across the organisation, rather than it just being something that marketing pick up and go, we need an app. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, again, it's probably my biggest challenge when speaking to attractions is, is getting that message across. And um, yeah, like you say, it's very easy for marketing to to have um, own the app and, and do a good job with it. But in that that siloed approach, they miss out on so many opportunities. And, and just from, from the, the um, deployments we've done and, and, and even attractions that have apps with different providers that have done it right or built it themselves is the best ones are where it really does span the entire guest experience which as you mentioned it spans the whole team at that attraction so retail um, food and beverage operations ride operators um, even even senior management in terms of planning expansion understanding what guests are doing where they're spending the time it really is yeah that that holistic approach to to the whole digital strategy and I think it also ties into again um, what you you and the team do is tying the whole journey together so it's a seamless digital experience from the moment they see an advert online to going through to the website to purchasing their tickets, uploading their tickets and, and, and uh, into the app, using scanning it when they arrive, using the app through the whole experience. And then obviously the data that we've captured from the, the start of the journey, so the, the booking phase to the app phase is then continuing to, to own that relationship going forward and being able to communicate with them. So you want people to come back. You want them to bring friends and family. You want them to purchase season passes. So by creating that that end-to-end guest journey, you've then got full control to, to engage and, and influence the, the guests that are visiting with you. Yeah, it's really powerful, isn't it? When you, when you actually timeline that journey yeah. through, that's a really powerful to be able to con- con- contain that data for so long. Here's a question for you. Uh, now, this is something that's come up a few times when I've had guests on. And I think actually it was one of our guests' unpopular opinions. Hmm. <laughs> to check that out. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. Um, how do you get the balance right of wanting guests to engage with the app, but not trying to detract their attention from the attraction that they're currently in? So this was definitely, I, I can remember now, it was, it was the interview that we carried out with Edinburgh Zoo. Yeah. <laughs> David Field of Edinburgh Zoo. Yeah. The, the unpopular opinion was I just I don't I won't want people off of their phones while they're they're here I don't want them on their phones you know I want them to be present I want them to be in the moment um and I so I guess that's really tricky isn't it like how do you do that yeah um and, and do you know what that that's quite a, a common early objection that 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 we'll come up against. And I think the kind of highlight is, is we don't want people on the phones the whole time. Um, we don't want them staring at the, the, the phone. We want them experiencing it. We want to enhance that experience. I think there's a few ways we, we do that. And, and, and an app does that is firstly, it's getting people from A to B quicker. So let's say we're, we're at the zoo and we want to go find the penguins. So a paper map, obviously we can talk about sustainability and the, the printed maps aren't great for the environment and cost money having the app there we've got rather than having to rotate the map you've got the whole family standing around it is we can quickly find where we want to go and use the wayfinding um, abilities to to get to see the animals quicker so we don't miss 
the the keeper talks the, the animal feeding time so it's removing some of those challenges to to allow people to actually spend more time engaging whether that's getting on the ride seeing the animals rather than all the the, the little bits in between the other thing is reducing, as I mentioned, some of those those um, real pain points around queuing. So let's say the kids are on, on the playground and you want to go and order food. Normally you'd have to queue, but now with a mobile app, you can stand there, watch your kids play in, they can have fun. You can order your food and you'll get an alert to say, right, go and pick it up now. And you've just saved all of that time where the kids would be kicking and screaming because you, you're dragging them away from the playground that you can just sit back, order your food and wait for it to be ready. And then the other aspect and the third aspect that kind of ties it all together is enhancing the experience. So when people are looking at, let's say, some of the animals is that we can supplement that with with audio and video guides to, to just really educate. And that's one big thing that we work with zoos on is more than just having kind of the, the name plaque and the, the name in Latin is, is how can we engage, especially a younger audience and, and educate them and start to promote those conservation initiatives, which, which obviously drives revenue. So there's a few different areas, but I think ultimately we just want to enhance that physical experience. We're not here to replace it. Um, and I think hopefully all, all of the attractions that we work with will, will affirm that and, and understand that it helps um, it's really helped engage guests in a better way, um, but still hasn't taken away because you, you can't replace the, the, the feeling of seeing your favourite animal for the first time or going on that roller coaster. So it's, it's all about being that that companion to to make that experience better and not take away from it. That's a great word, a, a digital companion. I love yeah, that. Yeah, I yeah, actually pre- prefer that to app. We should all. Use yeah, there you go. Maybe maybe, maybe like we'll uh, yeah. I'll rebrand my uh, rebrand my. Um, <laughs> My, my sales material but yeah I think it, that's exactly what it is and um and yeah we're here to supplement and enhance it not not take away from it or replace it yeah it's great and there's some great benefits in there as well just from, from mm. talking about that you know I could it was interesting I could see myself kind of at the playground waiting for my kids yeah. you know I could, yeah. I could put myself <laughs> in that situation um Something that you touched on, actually, was sustainability. And I'd really like to talk about this. I mean, sustainability is something that all attractions need to be really focused on anyway. But we had a really great past episode uh, on this specifically with Lucy Downing and Sue Pennington from Holcomb Hall. And they talked through, I mean, that that phenomenal sustainability policies that they have in place there and um, their wonder program that they've initiated there, which is incredible. There's a really good case study on your website that I've read a number of times now from Zoo Tampa. Yep. I would really love to hear a little bit more about this because it does some really incredibly positive things for the environment and sustainability around the zoo. And, and they've made some like quite phenomenal cost savings as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, I think that the, the, the case study kind of came off the back of, I think it was Greenloop, um, me, Mark, and the team at, at um, Zoo Tampa um, did a talk just around how the, having a digital presence like that and having a mobile app can um, help with sustainability. So, yeah, um, hopefully I'm quoting it right. So I think um, the, the kind of amazing results that even blew me and Mark away when, when we heard them was that um, Zoo Tampa were able to save $50,000 a year, which is just phenomenal, especially for, for uh, a charity, a zoo. But they're they're cutting their print waste by 95 percent and it's almost nothing and what that has done obviously apart from having that immediate impact on the reduced print and and the cost savings 
is that there's two things that's happened. Obviously, those cost savings can now be redirected to something much more important, um, whether that be the conservation initiatives that they run um, locally um, to, to, to them or obviously internationally that they're involved in. But also the, the way they went about it was not only digitizing maps and not printing maps anymore, but, but pushing for, for digitized tickets. So they now get people to um, upload their tickets into the mobile app. And that means that more people, because that uh, the, the, the there's a need now to to, um, to to have everything within the app, that they now can communicate those conservation initiatives because they've got that direct channel during the visit, during the experience, so they can educate and and really capture the the whole audience. Um, and I think it's not just Zootam, obviously that yeah, absolutely incredible results that they've seen. But we've seen a lot of attractions, um, not just zoos. Um, but, but theme parks as well, in some some of our, our um, partnered attractions, reducing printed, like guest printed um, information completely. So, so the only option is, is that digital uh, companion, we'll call it now, I like that one. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's been a real shift and it's so important. And I think um, it, it's it's been ever present recently, but it's, it's, it's something we need to continue to think about, um, sustainability and it all ties back to those expectations as well. And, and the digital natives especially is that people either expect or are really comfortable now um, in the majority of cases using a, a digital channel. So if it makes their life easier, if it enhances the experience, then it, it's a perfect way to, to channel people in that direction rather than picking up a printed map. And, and I know a lot of, a lot of parks that haven't uh, are on that path now from, handing out loads of, of maps to now just printing maybe 10, 15% of what they're used to just to have it on hand. But I think over the next couple of years, especially we're, we're just going to see that shift towards hundred percent digital because it has all the added benefits, um, not only just of the sustainability angle as well. Yeah. I, I mean, it's phenomenal, isn't it? The, the cost savings and the, and mm. the, the advantages to sustainability that that can bring. I mean, I think it's important to acknowledge that, you know, we probably talk from a place of privilege that we have mobile phones and we, we know how to use them, you know, and, you know, there will be a lot of people out there that it's not accessible for them. So there is still a place for printed maps. Um, but to be able to save so much and channel that into other things is just incredible. Who knew that an app could be so valuable? Who knew? And yeah, it's, (laughs) it's just been, yeah, it's been amazing to see. And I think the results like that, when, when we can save, charities money through 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 our our product it's it's obviously yeah um it's very rewarding to see and 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 yeah i I think always got a soft spot when working with zoos because i know there is that that opportunity out there to to really help them yeah absolutely i want to go back a little bit to what we talked about earlier about some of the common challenges that attractions bring you and and kind of what i mentioned as well about how we often get ask hey I need an app but then it's not really they're very clear about what that app needs to do what do you need to understand from an attraction to be able to work out what would be the perfect solution for them like what do they need to think about before they come to speak to you yeah well there's, there's there is a lot to think about and that, that's that's what we're here to, to help with I think um firstly it's it's really zooming out a little bit um, and we did run a, a bit of an initiative last year to help attractions around 
mapping out the entire digital guest journey because uh, as we mentioned that timeline is is really powerful but we almost want to see it as a bit of a flywheel rather than a an end-to-end timeline because what we want to do is make sure the app is connecting the start and the end of the visit but ties it all back together um so i think firstly just just mapping out understanding what technology they're currently using um so so things like um ticketing providers is incredibly important because we want to be able to integrate with them um through to, to point of sale crm systems once we've started to tie that together it's then to really look at guest feedback um and and feedback from the wider team as well when we look at that holistic approach to to understand okay what what challenges can we solve so what are the biggest pain points for the guest experience right now and and like i said they'll differ for for each attraction but once you can pinpoint those whether that be queue times whether that be everyone is going to the same food outlet at lunch and we're just getting people waiting around for ages whether that be the animals aren't always visible. It's how can we communicate with guests to, to let them know when the animals might be visible um, or when there's the next keeper talk so they can make sure that they can, they can um, obviously see the animals they've gone there to see. I think obviously that's just a flavour of some of the, the problems, but I think most importantly is, is, is mapping that guest journey out and then pinpointing where an app is going to be able to solve those problems. There'll be some added benefits along the way. And once you've got that, and, and that's what we're here to help um, help attractions do, is then you can start to really evaluate the process of, okay, how do we go about implementing an app? So it's not just let's launch an app in the app store. It's how do we market that properly? Because otherwise, if you don't explain the benefits or, or the reasons behind the launch of the app, people won't download it if you don't make it visible. So if you don't promote it when people are purchasing tickets, when they're, they're receiving the ticket confirmation, when they arrive on site. So again, it's that holistic approach that, that attractions need to just zoom out a little bit, understand what they're currently doing, identify those pain points, and then start to evaluate the solutions that are out there. So there's kind of three approaches that we often see. Um, there's the do-it-yourself, which larger attractions uh, no doubt have have the capital to throw at that kind of project it takes millions of pounds of, of investment and, and years of work to, to get a solution to to be that world-class solution and, and obviously mark and the team at attractions i have, have learned that the, the hard way i guess and um, they, they've gone and done that so other attractions don't have to there's there's bringing in in teams to help with that um which especially with an app for for a visitor attraction it's such a specific thing so things that need to be considered like battery life conservation so it's not just like ordering a dominoes and you can put your phone away you're out for the whole day you need to make sure that your battery life will last Um, and there's loads of work just around optimizing that things like being an offline solution as well that that often um someone coming in wouldn't really understand if they're not from the attraction space is that we know you can go to a lot of visitor attractions and, and I think most will admit themselves there's always going to be patchy signal um, in some places. So we need to make sure that that, that experience doesn't uh, isn't impacted because of that. And then I think finally is, is ourselves and, and obviously platforms like ourselves. So like I said, that there's been loads of investment gone into the platform and it now means that we can scale that out to to attractions very quickly. Uh, and they're kind of the three approaches that, that, that people will look at. So yeah, I guess looking at their current guest journey and then starting to evaluate the approach to, to how to launch a mobile app. Um, and that's, they're the two big areas that, that I guess attractions will look at on that journey. That's brilliant. Thank you for detailing that out for us. It's interesting because it's a really similar process that we go through when we're asking mm. about 
you know websites at the start yeah. it's, you know what technology are you already using what does it need to integrate with what what are your challenges you know what are your customers saying are big issues with stuff and and again taking that real holistic approach and making sure that everybody is is having their say in what gets produced and what is going to be of benefit so yeah brilliant thank you um we always ask our guests that come on the podcast if they can share a book that they love with us, something they love, something that's influenced their career in some way, it can be personal, it can be work related. What have you got to share with us? Yeah, so I know that I think I've seen um, Mark Ellis uh, and, and Johnny both recommended. I think Mark went to the extreme of recommending forty three books. I, I think um, I know. I know it was obviously part of a larger series, and I could have easily done maybe not forty three, but a few. Um, but I have taken it down to to one book, um, which is Atomic Habits uh, by James Clear. I don't know whether it's been recommended before. Um, but I picked this. In fact, I listened to it on audiobook um, first, and then loved it that much that I bought the physical copy. I think it's it's impacted so many areas of my life, personally, professionally. I think it's, I won't give too much away, people should read it, um, but it's all about making change. So whether that be implementing new habits, getting rid of old ones, it, it's all, there's so much really useful information and tips in there that a lot of books tend to, to waffle on and, and, and pad it out. This is, is, page to page um really actionable advice um on making change implementing change and, and, and basically just starting off small um and then yeah like you say look back and, and see all those changes that come together to, to have that big impact so uh, that's that's my one recommendation that i'll stick to one book recommendation did you hear that listeners one book well yeah. done it was hard it was hard <laughs> following instructions though yeah <laughs> it's a great book um I have read that book and it yeah. is an awesome book I really like it's about marginal gains really isn't it yeah. it's about being one percent better one percent better mm-hmm. all the time and 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 that is something that I think is really important rather than taking a massive jump into trying to do something huge and and that looks really scary um but yeah it's a big thing about celebrating your progress in there so that's one that we all should take away from today thank you as ever if you want to win a copy of that book if you head over to our twitter account and you retweet this episode announcement with the words i want jacob's book then you will be in with the chance of winning it jacob thank you i've really enjoyed our talk today it's really interesting to see i think how aligned our both of our approaches are and I hope that our listeners today will take away from this how important and how beneficial an app can actually be as long as it's thought out and processed and constructed in the right way yeah absolutely yeah you've summed that up uh, perfectly so uh yeah it's been an absolute pleasure to, to talk about it today and uh, yeah thanks for thanks for having me on the podcast Thanks for listening to Skip the Queue. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five-star review. It really helps others find us. And remember to follow us on Twitter for your chance to win the books that have been mentioned. Skip the Queue is brought to you by Rubber Cheese, a digital agency that builds remarkable systems and websites for attractions that helps them increase their visitor numbers. You can find show notes and transcriptions from this episode and more over on our website, rubbercheese.com forward slash podcast.